Hi, I'm Susan Foch, and when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now let's make an impact together. You're listening to the Make an Impact podcast, episode 18. A board of directors. What what are they? Why do you need them? And what do they actually do for your nonprofit? Well, quite a lot, actually. What an important piece of founding and then also maintaining your nonprofit organization. Sometimes a really good board can make or break the entirety of your organization. But for those of you who are listening to this and you are just starting out in your journey of founding a nonprofit, this is one of the top five things that you need in order to actually get started. It's even on the original forms that you have to file to achieve your 501c3 status. So finding your right founding board of directors is a huge deal and a very important decision for you to be making. And I think that it can be a little bit more helpful with these tips. All right, friends, but first, before we dive on into the episode, I'm going to make a delightful plea to you on the personal side, on the podcast side. Please, 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 if you're tuning in today, it's because you like this podcast, right? You like hanging out with me, talking about nonprofits, social entrepreneurship, the holistic side of running a business, whatever it is. I need you to pause this podcast. Okay, just hit pause real quick. And I need you to go leave a review, five-star rating, share it on social, tell a friend about it. So important. That's my plea, as always. Number two, on the side of Operation Alone, it is almost cheer package season because holy bananas, no idea how it's already basically November and Veterans Day. If you know a veteran in your life who would love to receive a cheer package from us, it is just a um, small but cute and wonderful token of appreciation to say that we have not forgotten you. We are still honoring you for your service, for all of the sacrifices that you have made to our country and to yourselves. Please head over to operationalone.net. Sign up a veteran in your life. If it's you, if it's a family member, a friend, a loved one, a neighbor, whatever it is, please sign them up and we will get those packages out the week of Veterans Day. So please, please, please add the veteran in your life to our cheer package mail out database. Now on to the actual show for a board of directors. So your board of directors is something that you will need when originally founding your nonprofit. You will also need to maintain a board of directors throughout the duration of your organization. I believe, um, at least in the state of Wisconsin, I'm not sure if this is everywhere, you need a minimum of four people to serve on your board of directors. Now, here's a fun little fact that not a lot of people know. Um, In founding a nonprofit organization, no one owns your nonprofit. The founder does not own it. The general public, your donors, no one owns a nonprofit. Very technically, no one owns a nonprofit. And actually, the controlling 
aspect behind it is your board of directors. So uh, very truly, and I don't mean this in an, in an intimidating way, but your board of directors, like they are the people who are calling the shots, making the votes, uh, doing the whole thing. And they collectively are the ones who technically kind of own and operate the nonprofit. Now, what does that also mean for you, nonprofit founder, who is listening to this episode? It means that actually um, you can be fired from your own board because this is not a traditional business in the sense that you have controlling interests in the company. Uh, you know, you do not own 51% or more <laughs> of the company. You don't have stocks. You don't have shares. You don't have dividends. The controlling aspect is the board of directors, um, and they can actually choose to fire you uh, by two-thirds, usually, a majority vote. Very So, like, right now, as it sits for Operation Alone, I am still... Like, I will always be the founder of Operation Alone, and I'm the current CEO, but my board can fire me any time they really want, uh, any time they decide that I am no longer the best interest. Uh, if I if I don't have the best interest for the organization, if or if I'm behaving, you know, in a very toxic way, if I am suppressing the growth of the organization, uh, they can they can fire me. I don't even know that they know that, <laughs> but the owner board can actually fire me as CEO and remove me from that. Um, in a non nonprofit way, I mean, a very famous example of this was Steve Jobs and Apple. Um, <laughs> many people did not appreciate his leadership style, so he was fired from his own board from Apple because at the time he did not have what they felt was the best interest for the company at that given time and that he was a toxic member of their company. Um, so they fired him on a smaller scale to this. I remember I was sitting when I was getting my bachelor's at the university of Wisconsin Oshkosh, my major was human services leadership, which if you've never heard of that major, basically I would say the students in that field really split off into three different main categories, which is nonprofits, social work, and uh, therapy. And so we had a lot of classes that were really designated around or, you know, that were really focused on nonprofits. One of them was a, you know, some grant writing classes. And one in particular was like a financial sustainability class for nonprofit organizations. And the woman who was our professor actually had founded her own nonprofit in the Oshkosh area. And it, it was really fantastic. It was a mental health facility. Um, and it was for... And I, I don't even know how to say this correctly. It was it was for more intensive patients. It was like a site that people could go uh, and they lived on site for treatment. Um, but she really brought it to life with animal therapy. So there were like horses and stables around the grounds. Um, but patients could could live there and, and, and slept there. And it was a very intensive therapy program. Uh, if I got any of that wrong. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please do not DM me. I'm working that part from memory. Um, and I remember once she said how she, you know, she founded it, she was CEO, she was running the whole show and some of her flaws in her leadership was the fact that she got very tunnel vision on certain things. Um, you know, she really let a couple of other things go to the wayside and she was, you know, she was a tough cookie for sure. Um, to the point that her board at some point realized she was no longer in the best interest and have the best control of 
seeing where the future of the organization was going to go from a high level perspective as a CEO, because she just kept getting really down to the nitty gritty. Um, so her board fired her <laughs> and she said she was very offended, did not take that well at first. Uh, and then after some time had passed and she kind of licked those wounds a little bit, she was able to come back and serve more in a role that actually fit her a lot better. And they appointed a new CEO, she was able to do some of the work that actually really, you know, fired her up and lit her up and uh, where she was really able to shine. So although she was not thrilled at first that her board fired her, it really was kind of for the best at the end. And she really enjoyed that. Uh, I was still serving on it when I had that class a few years ago. So all's well that ends well. Anyway, all this to say... <laughs> That your board of directors is very important. Who you choose and who you elect to your board is very important. Uh, it's actually quite the formal process with elections, with um, holding at least, I would say, quarterly meetings with your board. Very, uh, very important group of people. Now, here's the thing. If you are younger in this process, if you are just getting started, if this, you know, if you are founding a nonprofit like this, and if you're like me, where you really had no idea what you were doing, it's very common that your founding board of directors will be like friends and family. Very common, nothing to really get too upset about. I would not at all put people on your board who are there just to like, spit out some names and save places and uh you know just for the sake of having someone sit there i would not just put in you know like your grandma and your aunt just for them to be placeholders really make sure that if you are appointing friends and family that they are people who are invested in the mission in your organization and who actually want to put in the work to really help you see it grow and flourish and and really take off now that being said so that can be your founding board, much like mine was. I mean, I, you know, I had myself, I had my original co-founder, Emily, and then my family really filled up the rest of that board. We legally turned that in. And then as time went on and, you know, Emily no longer wanted to be in the organization and it, my dad didn't really serve any, um, you know, help really purposes on the board he dropped off but my mom only increased in helping us get other sponsorships and donors like she 110 percent is our hookup at door county coffee for the heroes blend for the veterans blend every single year she helps facilitate the sponsorships with uh, green bay packaging who just donated 500 boxes for our cheer packages with jane from belmark who did all of the printing for our stickers and our branding like she has facilitated this beautiful network sponsorships for operational loan and really around the the cheer package time plus a homegirl just kind of keeps me sane and like grounded so uh, what a job <laughs> and so you know your, your founding board and even some family members are totally fine to have if they're being useful and they're being productive towards moving you towards your mission and serving your mission and fulfilling the population that you're looking to serve but I would really suggest when you're kind of putting this together I mean think about a traditional board even in a in a like a classroom setting you know there's a president vice president secretary treasurer think about the people in your life who would maybe really fit those roles well and kind of start there and then start building out 
Um, you know, have unique people who are sitting on your board. Have people that are well connected that can help you do different things, who can be a wealth of resources and knowledge. I mean, I, you know, I have no idea where you are in this process, but I would really suggest find professional people who really shine in their areas who are looking to give back a little bit to their community who maybe are very tied to the mission that you are looking to serve. Like if you're starting up a nonprofit that is focused around a particular form of cancer and that person has has experience with that that's touched someone in their life if not their own life you know find those connections really see what you can do and a lot of times for big corporations they have it available where they either have to do so many hours of pro bono work or some really big companies will do like paid volunteer time off which what a beautiful thing so in that regard I mean I would really encourage you to find an accountant who would be willing to sit on your board, find a lawyer who would have the time to sit on your board, um, huge assets that you can have kind of on hand and use them a lot for some of that free advice. So then you're also not, I mean, you'll, you still need an accountant. I'm <laughs> not saying you get to bypass this, but you know, for some of those quick questions, you know, they can help kind of guide you for different things. They can help you, um, you know, message you when, uh, a certain program is going on sale or they learn they could get it free for nonprofits or something like that. Like they're really good just for kind of the smaller stuff there. I mean, don't take advantage of your board by any means. <laughs> uh, don't do that because you will chase them away super fast. But, you know, find people who want to put the work in for sure um, and not just like really sit on their computers unless it's uh, the biggest part of their job and who do not. I see this all the time with nonprofits. It is not only so toxic, but it is so unproductive for your organization. It's going to keep you stuck, keep you just, you know, ramming your head into a wall, honestly, um, is people who really love sit. There are people who love sitting on boards to collect up some titles and beef up their resume and look cooler in their community. And they don't do a hot damn thing. Mm -mm. We're not about that here. If you want to sit on a board, if you want to be a part of a nonprofit, if you want to be a part of this cause and this mission and do whatever, we got to put you to work, my man. We got to do it. I don't even know what that looks like for your organization, but make sure that those people have the genuine interest to be there to move you forward towards your mission. Because here's the thing. If those people just want to sit there and collect titles, you can very uh, nicely and politely and productively have that conversation with them. They can be voted off of your board and then they can just honestly make a nice fat donation once a year. They get a lot of hype for that, you know, get a lot of credit, write it off on their taxes. Now they're called a philanthropist, but your board seat is actually open <laughs> for someone else to come in and really help push you forward. They still get a nice title of philanthropist and donor. But they're just not taking up a valuable seat. So your board is going to be very, very important. Really surround it with people who are productive, who want to be serving your organization, and who hopefully have a very particular skill set and they're willing to help you. Um, another interesting thing that I've seen, uh, I was joining a organization in the Madison area for the Make-A-Wish Foundation because that's also one of my favorite causes and nonprofits. Uh, it's called the Young Wishmakers of Madison. And even as just a young professionals network, that was really interesting where they had it structured as a, uh, and I believe it's every year there was a $500 give get. So you either were kind of on the hook for fundraising 500 literal dollars or somehow bringing in and contributing 
um, $500 worth of other things. So maybe that was some of that. I'm not saying this specifically for Make-A-Wish, but as an example, some of that pro bono work for advice, um, you know, for Make-A-Wish that could have been securing different um, in-kind donations and their valuation. They could you could host a toy drive um, for the kids, which is very common, especially around the holidays. They really need that um, to kind of bulk up their toy closet when they go visit with children for the first time or visit them in the hospital, what have you. Um, You know, that had so many like points, which would be dollars towards your $500 give get Um, there were a lot of ways that you could still contribute to the organization be playing a really important role just to this young professional network but you know it wasn't necessarily you had to open up your wallet for $500 you could do it in a very creative way and you had all year to do it Um, similarly when I was interning for the Make-A-Wish office up in Appleton I know that they had a very unique board because the Appleton office did all of the big signature events for the state right so gourmet wishes the golf outings the walk for wishes all these great things and so they had different board members who had really great ties for those events either convention centers or the golf courses or uh, you know, could bring on some of those really high ticket donations that they would put for the live auctions, which went for like tens of thousands of dollars at those live auctions, like holy bananas. Um, you know, they they had some very well connected board members for all of these reasons. My point to all of that being, you know, there your board doesn't necessarily need to also be serving a title. Like you don't need to be like board member and secretary or board member and treasurer. Um, You can just be a board member. For example, very recently, you know, when I was elected for the National Association of Nonprofit Professionals, like I don't have a fancier title within that. I'm not serving a bigger role in that. Um, I have just been elected as a board member for a two year term. And my part of my responsibility for that will be bringing in a $1,000 donation each of the years that I am serving. So, but I have all year to do that. <laughs> it's not like they're just like, okay, thanks for being here. Uh, please fork out a thousand dollars. So, your board has to be productive. They have to be giving back to your organization. Um, give them purpose. Give them meaning. Because if they're just going to sit there to soak up a title, mm-mm. but when you're starting your founding board, really take a hard look at the people in your life and ask other people too, like your friends, your family, be like, you know, I really would love to have someone who does know about accounting or legal things, or maybe is like, maybe really hooked up in real estate. Maybe you're looking for some office space, some warehouse space, whatever it is. Ask them, you know, figure out what the real areas are in your nonprofit, what kind of people you would love to just be surrounded with on a normal basis, um, and just start asking. You know, it doesn't have to be a financial commitment. It could really just be a time commitment. And if you are going out the mission first, like, hey, Joe, I know that you really have these great ties to skin cancer. You know, I know this has been a big part of your life. You, you know, your mom was affected. I'm starting this new organization about this and it's going to change how, you know, skin cancer, maybe screenings are done and we're going to do things differently that haven't been done before. You know, I'd love to have you on our board and really help out. Um, It doesn't have to be super extensive. So find them. Find the people who are going to help move your organization forward. Hit them up mission first. Ask them to join your board. And honestly, bada bing, bada boom, you got a great founding board who's going to help you get more resources, more money, and move you closer towards your goal. We know that you're strong and empowered. We know that you want to make an incredible impact on this world. 
And thankfully, there's an online boutique for you to represent that message every day. The Ona Boutique has two lines of t-shirts and engraved gold bar necklaces to remind you that you're capable of incredible impact on this world. And the proceeds benefit Operation Not Alone, a Wisconsin-based nonprofit supporting our troops, veterans, and mental health initiatives all across the country. Head to theonaboutique.com to shop their collections and get free shipping with the code IMPACT. That's theonaboutique.com and use code IMPACT. But here's the cool part. You don't just have to take my word for it. I also put this question out of, you know, what should you be looking for in your board of directors and a founding board? Uh, first on Instagram, through the Make an Impact podcast, is some of my favorite people who are in this industry and their responses included. From Lillian Sue, who is a great copywriter and works with PR and nonprofits, who may or may not be an upcoming guest on this podcast, suggest um, simply to look for people who have already had some nonprofit experience. At Dom Profit says to bring diverse perspectives to the table. Very important. At Nonprofit Potential says um, just kind of reminds us that professionalism will attract more professionalism if that's how you are kind of going out, out for your board. Um, at SMP Nonprofit Consulting says recruit members that reflect the community that you serve and also have diverse experience. Um, at mm, Bayana Nonprofit Strategy, I'm so sorry if I butchered that. She said find people who are passionate, not people who are simply helping you out because they are a friend or loved one. Uh, and then for a nice, beautiful chuckle, because <laughs> again, you spend quite a long time with your board and you will be... <laughs> You will spend time with your board. Um, so Alex at Nonprofit Place suggests to find people who really enjoy small plates and tapas and quality wine because they really draw in the right crowd. <laughs> and then if you hop over on LinkedIn with our friend Sam Provenzano, who started, there's a private LinkedIn group that he created within NextGen Fundraisers, which, by the way, is the company that he started uh, shortly after his interviews on this podcast, um, all the way back in episodes eight and nine, when he was talking all about like big donor gifts, fundraising, the secrets to great fundraising, he ended up turning it into a business, you guys, called Next Gen Fundraisers. Hit him up. It's amazing. And he created this LinkedIn private group for just Next Gen Fundraisers and people who are in that space, which by the way, if you're not in that group, totally hit it up on LinkedIn. So people in that group suggested to well, this is one of my favorite tactical pieces of advice. Um, Garvin Mafayette suggested to have one third to one fourth of your board members represent the people who have benefited from the cause or the mission of the nonprofit, which I thought was great. Uh, Ray Alcaraz says to find people who are passionate and knowledgeable of the cause and are willing to set an example with financial support who are willing to put in the work. As Sam says, you can't just sit there. And also, the head of the nonprofit must be willing to hold their board members accountable, just as the board should be holding the head accountable. Sam also reminds us that the mission has to resonate with those people and they have to have some giving capacity and connections because they can't just sit there and take titles. And last but not least, Mark Portugal just chimes in and reminds us to choose wisely. So there you have it, friends. A little bit of how you can choose your board of directors. Very important decision. They will be the controlling vote of your nonprofit. Uh, they also control if you are still the right person to be there, sweet nonprofit founder, uh, or not.
So choose your board very wisely. It's an important decision, but if you're just starting out, don't be afraid to make it some friends and family, but also don't be afraid to ask them who they know. All right, this episode has gotten a wee bit rambly, so I'm going to cut this off, but I hope that this was helpful. If you guys have any other questions about starting your founding board, getting other board members, you know, kind of looped into your cause, either DM me at Susan Foch or at Make an Impact Podcast on Instagram, or you can always send me an email at Susan at operationalalone.net, and I can definitely answer your questions there. Or if you also are looking for just a full nonprofit consultant, we can talk there too. <laughs> that would be lovely. And I would love to help you guys, you know, grow and scale your nonprofits. So until next time, friends, please, once again, rate, review, subscribe, and go out there and find yourself a new founding board of directors. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact Podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, would you do a little rate, review, subscribe dance? And if you really enjoyed yourself, would you share this on social media so someone else could catch the impact bug? Until next time, friends, I can't wait to see what kind of impact you make on your world.